everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Steve TPFL. It's week 17 NFL, usually week 17, last week of the season, but um, not this year. We got uh, this week and next week. This, this year is interesting, too, because, I mean, the playoff race in the AFC is just so tight that we're going to have teams playing, you know, these next two weeks with everything they got. So, uh, always makes it a little bit more fun for DFS and betting purposes. So we got 14 games this week. I'm joined as always by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, what's happening, my friend? Yeah, super interesting this year. I mean, with the way they changed the playoff system last year and like you always assume the last week of the season is just terrible. Like, oh, no one, people are going to be sitting guys, but blah, 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 this and that. Like, Depending on how things go this week, like in the NFC, the number one seed should be pretty uh, pretty up in the air. And, I mean, getting a first-round bye is huge. And then over in the AFC, I mean, it could be a little bit different. You might have one or two teams sitting guys, but you have like eight, nine, ten, whatever it is, different teams that are in the – like looking at the AFC, I think as of right now, I think it's just what the Jets and the Jags and the Texans that are eliminated from the playoffs. Um, maybe the Browns, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it's 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 still super interesting. A lot of teams to be that are playing for something. So it's 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 gonna be a fun last two weeks of the season to, from maybe not entirely a fantasy point from from at least a watching perspective. It's gonna be great. Yeah, I mean what the AFC only the Chiefs have clinched technically, and the NFC. I mean, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Rams, the Bucks, and the Cardinals have clinched going in uh, to these last two weeks. So, you know, teams obviously with a lot to play for here. Um, more AFC than NFC, but I mean, the Vikings, the Falcons can still potentially get in, um, which is crazy to me. And I think the Saints took a huge hit um, losing to the Dolphins. But, I mean, they still have an outside chance of getting in as well. So a lot of, lot of interesting um, scenarios here. We're going to be talking about this a lot more, I feel like, on next week's podcast. Um, just because you, you look at it and, uh, I mean, so many things can change this week. So let's, uh, let's jump in here. We get started with the Kansas City Chiefs at the Cincinnati Bengals 51 total here Kansas City is a five-point favorite um Edwards Hilaire banged up shoulder injury did not practice and the backup quarterback for Cincinnati on the COVID list um so the other thing that I just wanted to kind of note here before we talk about both of these teams McKinnon I don't know how much it matters but McKinnon got activated um was designated from re- to return on Wednesday, yesterday. So he could potentially be back, which could shake things up a little bit. But let's start here with the Chiefs. What are we looking at here for Kansas City? I mean, if CH ends up missing, I think Daryl Williams becomes an immediately pretty solid overall running play, um, running back play. Not the best match in the world, but he's heavily involved in the receiving game, especially when he ends up getting the start, has some upside there. Outside of that, it's it's the main guys. Like assuming that Kelsey's back, which I think he's pretty much for sure back from the COVID list. Um, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, Mahomes, like it's always a pretty decent stack. You can double stack them, you can single stack them. 
all those guys are just the only ones that I really want to go with. It's Mahomes, it's Hill, it's Kelsey, it's Williams. Pretty darn simple. If CEH ends up playing, I don't know if I want to play Williams, but CEH becomes an interesting play, not a great play. This is a massive slate, so we're going to have a lot more games where I'm just crossing them off because 14 games is just a ton, and you don't entirely have to – go with any game stacker, but you can full on fade games a whole lot easier on this side of the sl- size of the slate than you can normally. Yeah. I love this spot. Um, just this game in general. It's one of my favorite games on the entire slate. Just overall. Um, I mean, you said it, there's so many games that we're going to potentially cross off. This isn't one of them for me. Um, I-, I love everything about this with Travis Kelsey back. I like him. Tyree kill. I mean, I feel like they were just very careful with Tyreek Hill last week. They were controlling the game. Um, so, yeah. Um, on the Cincinnati side, I mean, Joe Burrow, Chase, Mixon is someone that, I mean, cons- consistently gets a ton of touches and opportunities. So, you know, plenty of options to run this back with. Yeah, it is an interesting spot because Burrow is going up against Kansas City, while not the worst defense in the world, especially over the last, what, six, eight weeks. They've been a lot better. They aren't an easy matchup, and with him going for over 500 yards last week, I think that he's going to inflate his ownership a decent amount. I've been playing him at low ownership for a while, and last week I came close to taking some stuff down, but just didn't end up getting there because I had a lot of Burrows, a lot of double stacks with Higgins, Chase, uh, Boyd. I think we can go back to the well with all of them, but I think I'm more of a fan of Joe Mixon here. Everyone saw Burrow go crazy, and now Mixon gets a pretty solid overall matchup. He's been getting 20-plus touches pretty much every single week all season long. Um, he's the workhorse back here, 7.5K. Steep price tag, but I think he's absolutely worth it here. I think he can go off for a massive game. He's my favorite one, but I'm really not going to fault you for anyone just because of the game stack implications on this game just i mean 51 total like gonna be fairly close game being played in cincinnati which is definitely a bump like this is this is a this is gonna be a fun game to watch and a lot of fantasy uh players are gonna be in the winning lineup i would assume but with a big enough slate i think that you can kind of fade the cincinnati passing game and kind of hope that mixing ends up going off here i think that's my preferred play all right, moving on. We got the Giants and the Bears. 37 total here. Chicago is a six-point favorite. Um, I mean, some the notes here. Barkley didn't practice, dealing with a little bit of an ankle. Uh, they're not really playing anything for him. Um, Justin Fields is still questionable. That whole situation is questionable. And um, Tony did not practice today thursday starting with the giants um i mean it sounds like it's going to be glennon um but they're both gonna play like this is just a full fade spot right like there's nothing nothing absolutely nothing yeah if you want to take a shot on barkley go ahead i'm kind of done with that but just just fade the giants like it's not a terrible matchup going up against the bears but these are all terrible plays it's it's just that simple like from glennon both not good barkley has been great this year they have enough healthy wide receivers where 
you're not going to get the huge concentration of targets on any guy in particular. And if you are, good luck figuring out which one that is. Just full-on fade. I mean, I like both defenses in this game. Yep. And I think you could play David Montgomery if you want to. Yeah. But outside of that, I, I mean, this game is just trash. Yeah, Montgomery is the only guy we consider over on the Chicago side. I mean, he's going to get 20-plus t- touches. He's likely going to be targeted. Like 6.5K is not a bad price tag. He stands out as one of the better running back plays on the slate, just purely based on volume. The game script is pretty solid for him. So, yeah, it's pretty much Montgomery in this entire game and no one else. Yeah, I mean, that's a catch-up game because we're moving on. That that game is just trash. If that game shoots out, I'm going to lose money. Like, th- there's no way around it, Grant, unless the defenses are scoring all the touchdowns. But I'm looking at both defenses. I'm looking at Montgomery. And, I mean, even if Barkley sits, I don't even think I want to play Booker. <laughs> like... <laughs> Um, Eagles and the football team, 45 total here. Philadelphia is a three and a half point favorite for this one. Um, this one has some potential weather concerns. Um, Jalen Hurts is a little banged up right now. I don't know if they're just kind of maintaining him. Um, but Antonio Gibson is banged up. Sanders is already ruled out and Jordan Howard. Um, they hope he's going to play, but I mean, there's potential for him not to play either. Um, talk to me here about Philadelphia. There's not really a ton to love here. I mean, Hertz hasn't really been rushing as much since he's kind of been hampered by injuries over recent weeks. He's still a very viable play. He can always get those goal line carries. He can always end up with a few touchdowns. He can always break off a decent run. He's not a bad play, but he's not a great play. If I'm pairing him with anyone, it's probably Goddard. Uh, you can go with Devonta Smith, but likely staying away from the Eagles outside of maybe Scott if, uh, like, if everyone's out, for if all the running backs are out, then he's probably going to run the ball decent amount. Uh, the football team has been pretty solid versus running backs, but, like, this is another spot where I think you can just kind of stay away outside of Scott as a cheap running back if both Sanders and Howard end up missing. Yeah, I mean, Philadelphia here for me is Jalen Hurts and maybe pair him with Smith or Goddard. If Howard sits, I think Boston Scott could potentially be interesting, but Gainwell, I mean, if Gainwell and Howard both sit, then like Boston Scott is just going to be someone that plays a ton of snaps. So opportunity at his price is solid. But overall, I like Hertz here. Washington allows the most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. So I do like Hertz. And then on the Washington football t- team side of things, I think. Like Gibson's interesting, but I think if I'm playing Hurts, I'll run it back with some Terry McLaurin. Yeah, Terry McLaurin. I think you still can go with Gibson. I mean, Philly's been a pretty solid defense all year, but Gibson's the main guy in that offense there. Uh, can get it done in the receiving game and in the rushing game. McLaurin is definitely the better play. I mean, he can go off for a massive game at any given time. It seems like he scores in the single digits or in the 20s. 30s every single time it's never anything in between so he's got the perfect boom bust gpp play in any given week it's those two guys like i i don't want to mess with seals jones i don't want to mess with humphreys if he isn't late scratch um i don't want to go with brown I, I just like it's it's two guys in this offense and i don't want to play heineke like it's not a great spot for him it, it it's just gibson and mclaurin 
All right, cruising along here. We got the Rams and the Ravens, 46 and a half total in this one. Rams, uh, three and a half point favorite. Um, looking at the Rams side first, I guess it like we should start off by saying, um, we're hoping Lamar Jackson plays, but. If he doesn't, I mean, we'll talk about that when we get to the Baltimore side. And then on the Rams side, um, Henderson, who really hasn't played much recently anyway, got placed in the IR. So uh, what are we looking at here for the Rams? Cup, Stafford, Sony. That, that, that's it. Like, Sony is immediately going to be one of the best running back plays in the slate. He's going to be heavily owned, but he might be worth it. They're going to end up running the ball a decent amount. Baltimore's defense does not look great in recent weeks. Sony Michelle's getting 30 almost touches a week like without Henderson in there they're they're just going to run him to the ground like Michelle is one of the best point per dollar running back plays on the entire slate probably the best one and then Cooper Cup like he just keeps getting it done every single week he's pretty much a lock for 100 yards and 10 receptions probably a touchdown he's going for the record I'm sure so probably end up getting him a little bit more involved in the offense just because why not um, he's the main guy anyways, so it's Cup, it's Michelle, Stafford, if you want to pair him with Cup, like, that, that that's this offense. Like, if you want to take shots on Higby, on Beckham, on Jefferson, they're all fine, but it's big enough slate where I'm probably going to end up avoiding them outside of maybe a secondary correlation with Stafford if I'm playing Cup already in Stafford. But, like, Cup and Michelle are the entirety of this offense right now. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to love Cooper Cup. It's hard not to, like, Beckham here. Baltimore has absolutely been atrocious on defense here recently because of injuries and because of everything that's been going on. So I love this spot as a bounce back spot for this offense in general. Um, I mean, Stafford mainly, you know, this is a guy that had one of his worst, if not his worst fantasy um, games last week. I cashed with Stafford last week. Like it was hilarious. Um, So going back to the well here, I love this spot for him. I like Sonny Michelle, but not as much as I like Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham. The passing game is what I want to target here against Baltimore. And then on the Baltimore side, I mean, they're 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 playing for their playoff life, right? Um, I mean, they're in a position where they they almost have to win uh, because of like tiebreakers and stuff. So I'm hoping Lamar Jackson plays. If Lamar Jackson plays, I love Mark Andrews and I like Marquise Brown. Yeah, yeah, I think even if Lamar Jackson ends up sitting, like I like Huntley. The guy's pretty solid. He can get a lot done. He can get stuff done with his legs. He's 5.6K. I think that's a little bit too cheap for him, and it's easy to pair him. Like you pair him with Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews has been on a tear recently. Huntley really likes him. Every single quarterback quarterback likes him. Like I almost prefer Andrews if Huntley ends up starting because it's just an easy – Easy correlation there. If Lamar ends up starting, I definitely like probably Marquise Brown, maybe even more than I like Andrews. But this is this offense is pretty pretty easy to figure out whether Lamar ends up playing or not. It's it's Andrews and Brown. If Lamar plays, if Huntley plays, it's Huntley and Andrews. <coughs> All right, cruising along here. We got the Bucks and the Jets, forty five. And a half total here. Tampa Bay is a 13 and a half point favorite. Um, Mike Evans, COVID-19 list and um, 
hamstring injury, there's a good chance that he doesn't play in this game. Antonio Brown was limited, but I think it's more of like we need to make sure he's good to go because we're missing so many people. Um, talk to me here about Tampa. I mean, Antonio Brown, Ronald Jones, if you really want to, you can go with Tom Brady, but I'm just sticking with Ronald Jones and Antonio Brown. Brown's the main guy in this offense. I mean, I guess you can throw Gronk in there if you want to pay up a tight end. I know he didn't have a great week last week, but he is a viable guy. They're going up against the Jets, like Ronald Jones is one top pay up or top running backs on the entire slate, right with Michelle. Jets have been the worst run defense in the league by pretty wide margin still. Jones is getting all the carries. In this offense, he's clearly the main guy. I mean, Von Kanan, I think, for, what, one big play, really, um, which tilted a whole lot of people. But, uh, like, Brown Jones is going to get the bulk of the carries here. Antonio Brown is working for a few incentives, which I know last year uh, Brady intentionally threw the ball to him a decent amount towards the end just to make sure they got those incentives. So I wouldn't be surprised if later on in the game, if they're up by a decent amount, Brady's just going to throw the ball to Brown over and over again. Um, so Jones, Brown, it, it, that's really it. Like, if you want to go Gronk, like I said, that's fine, but not a guy that I'm really keying in on too much this slate. Yeah, what well, Brady only threw the ball, what, 30 times last week? Um, and I think in a game where they should absolutely control, they're just going to pound the rock um, as much as possible with Ronald Jones and – even maybe potentially uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. He had that big run. I don't think I'd play Keyshawn Vaughn here, but Ronald Jones, I think, is one of the better running back plays on the slate. Jets allow the most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Um, I like the Tampa defense, too. I think you compare Tampa defense with Ronald Jones because, I mean, the Jets, Crowder could potentially be back for this game. Um, what do you like, if anything, here for the Jets? Nothing like it would be Michael Carter, but Tampa Bay run defense, not messing with him. Um, if Crowder comes back, then it's definitely a full on cross off of the Jets wide receivers. Um, no interest in Zach Wilson. He's not going to break off a 70 yard run again. I, I, I full on cross off of the Jets for me. Yeah, I think that's kind of how I feel. That's why I like the Tampa defense with Jones. Um, and, like, they gave Coleman, like, 14 carries last week on top of Carter. So, yeah, Carter's playing more snaps, but their workloads are about the same. Not, like, one of those situations that I, I want to touch on a 14-game slate. We got Las Vegas going into Indianapolis, taking on the Colts. 44.5 total here. Uh, Colts are a 6.5-point favorite. Waller, COVID-19 list. Um I mean, this guy has been out and dealing with injuries, and now he's on the COVID list. Uh, I think the biggest thing here is Carson Wentz. They said that there's a potential chance for him to play still, but we'll kind of have to see how that plays out. Um, let's start here with Vegas. What are we looking at here for – I almost said the Raiders or the Oakland Raiders, but, yeah, Las Vegas. Yeah, with that still will mess that up sometimes, but – for me, it's just Moreau and it's Renfro. Renfro has been very involved with his offense without Waller in there. I know he's done a little bit worse than we thought over the last two weeks, but his price tag of 6.5K is still pretty affordable. He can end up 12, 15 targets in any given game. Indy likes to give up a lot of work to uh, slot guys and to tight ends. So it's him and Moreau. Like, this is a perfect matchup for these guys. I know it's a tough defensive spot, but – 
these two guys should end up getting a lot of volume because of the way that Tampa Bay runs their defense. Oh, not Tampa Bay. Uh, Indy runs their defense. Like they kind of funnel targets to slot guys and to tight ends. Like they run the Tampa two defense for more correctly. And so both these guys should be in for a decent workload. Neither one of them is priced up enough. I'm not playing Jacobs against a tough defense. I'm probably not playing Zay Jones as much as that 3.9 K price tag is Pretty enticing. I mean, he's gotten eight and nine targets the last two weeks, but they really limit outside wide receivers quite a bit. So Renfro, Moreau, like I'm not touching Derek Carr. It's strictly Renfro and Moreau based on the amount of volume that they should end up getting in the spot. If you're a mass multi-inner guy, even if you play like a 20-inch max and you're just looking for a home run play, I don't hate Deshaun Jackson in this game. On the turf, um, indoors, He's been getting decent amount of targets. He's someone that could break off like a 50-yard touchdown, and you would just need him to get a couple other catches. So I don't hate the idea of taking a shot here on Deshaun Jackson. And if Edwards is out, I don't hate Zay Jones. If Edwards is back, I don't think I'd go to Zay Jones here. Um, Colts, I mean, obviously the Colts really, really going to depend on if Carson Wentz plays or not. Um It'd be what Sam Ellinger if if it's not Carson Wentz playing here. So, I mean, we have no idea what to expect from him. Yeah, I mean, if Sam ends up playing, then I'm full on fading the entirety of the uh, receiving game and just focusing in on Jonathan Taylor, who's going to run the ball over and over and over and over again. Uh, if Wentz ends up playing, I still think that Taylor is my preferred play. Although Hilton Pittman both become semi viable on this big of a slate, I don't think they great out as great plays but Raiders really not the best defense in the world so like I'm willing to take a shot on them but for me it's mostly like Taylor is like this is a good game script they're a six and a half point favorite and I'm assuming that has to deal a lot with um Wentz not playing possibly not playing so if Wentz ends up playing I wouldn't be surprised if this line moves to eight and a half nine and a half in which case Taylor's just got to run the ball 30 times. He's been fantastic this season. He's had a rushing touchdown in, like, what, nine of the last ten games, and he's had multiple ones in four of those. So it's, it's pretty much just Taylor for me. I don't think a ton of people are going to pay up for him with all the mid-priced running backs that are great plays. Yeah, he should crush in this spot. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders stink against the run. Um, I mean, should we at least – mention taking a shot on Ellinger at 4,500 given the fact that like this is a dude that will run the football as well um I mean at 4,500 if he gets 50 rushing yards and does anything through the air he might be viable I mean it is a 14 game slate with some really good games though yeah I mean he's viable anytime quarterbacks that cheap they're viable but I don't really want to do it yeah, I don't, I don't think want it, to do it, Stevie. I don't want I, to do it. <laughs> I, I think I'm with you. I just, I mean, I wouldn't be a good host if I didn't at least bring it up. Um, I will say this, like, if the Patriots game and the Bills game and some of these other games that, like, have potential, like, big-time weather concerns, this game's in a dome. So maybe I stack this game and hope for a shootout of two teams Really, I mean, the Raiders still have a chance to make the playoffs, but I don't. The Colts don't, right? They're out, or are they no. The Colts don't. I mean, this game matters. Yeah, 
this game matters. Man, I love Jonathan Taylor in this game. <laughs> like, the more I just look at this game, the more I just absolutely love Jonathan Taylor in this game. So, Jacksonville at New England, 41 and a half total in this game. Uh, the Patriots, a 16 point favorite. Um, Damian Harris banged up. He's potentially questionable. Jacoby Myers is banged up. He's questionable. And Bolden um, dealing a little bit of a knee injury. He is questionable. James Robinson, IR, um, he's out. So starting here with the Jacksonville side of things, yeah. Um, anything? Mandare is probably going to be a moderately chalky running back. He's the main workhorse in the spot. 5.1K. Worst things you can do, but going up against the Patriots, game script not great. Like Treadwell, maybe at 4K or Marvin Jones at 4.4K. Like they can get there on volume. Like Patriots have occasionally just kind of played down to opposing teams. So we could end up seeing this game stay close, even though it's a what 15 point spread, 15 and a half point spread. It's a big one. But honestly, I don't hate the Jags plus 15 and a half. Um, here but that that's that's most of my interest I think this is going to be a lot lower scoring game than you think and uh, the only real viable players are Dari Treadwell and Jones but none of them stand out as great plays especially considering that a lot of people are going to play Dari yeah I mean early week projections have him around 15 percent on most sites um, this team has a 13 implied team total I don't want to go out of my way to play a potential higher own running back that probably gets crushed here. Um, I mean, this is a spot I understand why you'd take a shot on him, but I like the New England defense. And if Harris plays, I like him. If he doesn't play, I really like Stevenson. And that's really it for me when it comes to this game as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Stevenson on the other side. Like, if Harris doesn't end up playing, then Stevenson's going to get the bulk of the workload, especially if Bolton doesn't end up playing. But, yeah, no, I mean, you're pretty much just with this bunch of a blowout, you're mostly targeting the Patriots running game, unless you think this game does stay closer, in which case you can target some of the cheap receiving options for Jacksonville. Um. Yeah, we're moving on here. Falcons, Bills, 44 total. Buffalo, 14 and a half point favorites in this game. This game does have some potential December Buffalo weather uh, that we'll be kind of paying attention to. But, I mean, for the most part, both these teams potentially full strength here. Uh, Manuel Sanders is a little banged up, but uh, Beasley expected back. Um, I think he already cleared and everything, so... Uh, anything here for the Atlanta Falcons that you like? Not really. Like Pitts just keeps crushing my heart and soul every week, and then just no, he didn't just... crush. He he did fine last week. He did fine. He did all right, but it's just enough to like it wasn't winning me the slate. It's just enough to bring me back to playing him every single week. Like for where he's priced at, sixteen points is solid enough, but not not anything that was going to take down the slate. Um, like, you pretty much need Andrews, if I remember correctly. Um, Gage has been doing well recently, but this is this is going to be a tough spot here. Like, Buffalo's obviously pretty solid defense, but mostly, like, this is going to be likely a tough weather game. I don't like playing any of the past. 
for a game in Buffalo during December. It's just the weather's trash almost every single time. I mean, maybe they get a random good day, check out Kevin Ross report and figure that out. But I, I don't want to play like Patterson, maybe at 6.9 K, but Mike Davis has been eating into his production quite a bit. He's not as heavily involved in the receiving game. He's kind of touchdown dependent. And this is in a spot where they're projected for many touchdowns. So I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to just fade Atlanta. I understand playing Pitts, Gage, or Patterson, or even Mike Davis, but I'm not doing it. Yeah, I don't think I want to either. Um, I mean, if you are playing Buffalo in this game, if you're going Allen Diggs or something, um, I could potentially see going with a Kyle Pitts or a Russell Gage running it back, but that's that's really the only exposure that I'd get to Atlanta here. And then on the Buffalo side, I mean, Josh Allen is just someone that his ceiling is just so high. And in a game where, I mean, they're playing, they need to win every game at this point. So, um, I mean, we saw last week, he just, he he took the game over. He had 12 rushing attempts and he just did everything he could to win that New England game. So I like the Josh Allen dig stack. Um, I don't think I want to go McKenzie with Beasley being back, but I I definitely want to play some digs and Allen here. Yeah, it's pretty much Diggs and Allen. I don't hate Singletary. Like, he's been getting a lot of work recently. I mean, 17 touches last week, 23 the week before. week before that was Tampa Bay, but he still got eight or seven targets. Um, but, yeah, like, it's Diggs, it's Josh Allen. Like, the ceiling is just massive with Allen. And Diggs is the obvious pairing partner. So, like, I'm going to wait and see. Like, I, regardless, we'll have some of them, but the weather kind of dictates how much of them I have. Yep. Weather is something we got to watch that one. Uh, we got Miami at Tennessee taking on the Titans. 40 total in this game. Tennessee is a three and a half point favorites. Um, I mean, Julio Jones, COVID-19 list. There's a chance that he doesn't play this week. So we'll have to see. And uh, was it Westbrook was also the other person that was placed in the COVID list this week for Tennessee. So um, talk to me here about the Miami Dolphins. I mean, Waddle's getting a boatload of targets pretty much every single week, 6.7K. Like, pretty solid floor, pretty solid ceiling. He can get a, end up with a touchdown or two, and he can end up with 100 yards and 10 catches. Like, he's probably too cheap at 6.7K considering his recent production. Running back game, like, I kind of want to take a shot on Duke Johnson at really low ownership, but I don't know. Like, I feel like any given week, Gaskins can end up taking over the main role again. I, so I don't, I don't know if I fully trust that. Gusecki's always a solid tight end play. Parker always has some upside, but with Waddle in there, I don't really want to play a ton of Parker. He, he didn't have a single target last game. I, it's just a spot where I think I'm only going with Waddle here. Um, like, and I think Waddle's pretty solid overall play, too. Really likes him. Throws the ball a lot to him. Yeah. I will say this, as far as the running back situation goes, um, I mean, they used Gaskin, Johnson, and Lindsey last week. They all were on the field, so probably going to stay away from that. Parker's only target, like you said, um, was on, like, a penalty, so, like, he didn't officially have a target. So, um, Waddle and Gasecki, I like them a lot here. 
Miami obviously was something to play for. They have to win out to make the playoffs. Um, Tennessee, they've been better um, recently, but they're a team that has struggled against wide receivers all year. So I love Jalen Waddle in this spot. And then on the Tennessee Titans side of things, I don't think I want to play the running back situation, but A.J. Brown. um, Like, Miami's defense has been one of the best, if not the best defense over the last month and a half. Um, They have just been absolutely crushing. I think they're allowing the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, wide receivers, and like the second fewest, the running backs in that span. Um, So I'm kind of iffy here. I kind of like Miami plus three and a half too. Yeah. Spoken like a true Dolphins fan. I'm kind of there with you. I mean, Miami's won seven in a row. Like Tennessee's still pretty hampered by injuries. I, I kind of like your Miami plus three and a half call, like solid overall line. But yeah, AJ Brown, that's it. Like AJ Brown went on an absolute tear last week. 31 points, like 16 targets. He's he's the only real stud in this offense. He's going to be targeted a lot. It's pretty much him. Foreman, if you really want to, that's fine. But it's a it's AJ Brown. Yeah, I mean, Miami defense has been good. I might take some shots in the Miami defense. I can't lie. Um, they're they're just a team at under three K. We don't have a ton of defenses um, that can put up twenty plus points, and they've done that a couple times this year. So, um, yeah. Moving on, Houston at San Francisco, 44 total in this game. The 49ers, a 12-and-a-half-point favorite, big favorite here. Um, Mitchell, questionable, dealing with a knee injury. And then Garoppolo, um, they said he sprained his thumb or something, right? Like So, I mean, there's a chance that he doesn't play. Um, and then David Johnson, COVID list. Let's talk Houston first. Um, what are your thoughts here on that? the Houston team uh, mills and cooks like cooks for obvious reasons. He's going to coming back. He's going to get targeted a ton mills. Like they've shown that they're willing to let him throw the ball 50 times in a game. Like the last two weeks chargers, he, they were way up. Like mills could have had a big game, but that game would have stayed competitive, but Burkhead had multiple rushing touchdowns. They returned a kickoff. Like mills was looking like he was going to have a real good day. And then, just ended up with a normal day, but he's had some pretty solid outings. He's 5.5 K people aren't going to use him. Um, it's easy to pair him with cooks. Like I, I, I actually kind of like mills again this week, even though they don't have a huge total Houston surprisingly been playing decently recently and mills has been pretty solid overall. So it's mills, it's cooks. Like, I mean, if you want, you can go Burkhead assuming all the guys are still out, but Mills and Cooks, like, game script kind of dictates that they're going to throw the ball a lot, and they have no problem doing that at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't I, I don't hate Cooks, but I don't love Houston <laughs> in this spot. Uh, Rex Burke had 22 carries last week. I don't, I don't know if that is something that I want to trust because um, you'd think you'd have more, like, catches or something, but um, – San Francisco side, I'm kind of going into the week thinking that it's going to be Trey Lance starting um, here. I don't know. I don't know if they've said if Garoppolo is going to play or not, but I mean, if it is Trey Lance, 
I think he is someone that could potentially rely on Kittle a lot in this game or even Debo Samuel. But Debo Samuel's 8.7K. I know he's been absolutely crushing this year, but on this biggest slate, I don't know if I'd play him. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like Lance, if he starts, is like he's sick 4.8K. Dude can run the ball. He's a pretty solid overall play, but. I don't know if I mean Kittle and Debo are so expensive. Like I think I'd pair with Kittle most likely. Um, like Debo's eight point seven k. He's been getting there, but it's it's just tough. Like I, I think Kittle, Debo, and Wilson are all viable options. Um, Mitchell, if he ends up coming, is a very viable option. But nothing nothing really stands out here. Yeah, I mean, Kittle at 7,100, I feel like, is a tight end that could break the slate. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if Mitchell sits, it obviously becomes more interesting for, like, a Jeff Wilson in a game that they should be leading with a younger quarterback. So, I mean, Jeff Wilson would be someone I'd probably play at 5,600 if Mitchell gets ruled out. Um, Yeah, but that's really it. Weird game. Yeah. Broncos, Chargers, 46 total here. Chargers, uh, four and a half point favorites. Uh, both running backs for Denver banged up. They're both questionable going into the weekend. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. And then Mike Williams, I mean, could potentially play, could get cleared here and play. And um, I mean, Bridgewater and Drew Locke are both banged up. Um, and they said Bridgewater, the concussion, he's likely not going to play, um, this weekend. And then Drew Locke is an ankle injury. Uh, so talk to me here about Denver. I mean, it's probably just the running backs, like chargers, not great running defense, Javante Williams. If he ends up playing, I absolutely love him. Um, if, especially if Gordon's out, if Gordon ends up playing, I think he's viable, but Williams is kind of the guy here. I mean, this this Denver pass offense just hasn't looked great. I get a game script; it probably doesn't help them. But even if it's even though it's being played in dome, I don't I don't know. Like Sutton is cheap, Judy is moderately cheap, but I think it's just Javante Williams. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you think they're going to be playing from behind in this game, uh, the Chargers have been struggling a little bit recently defensively, so. I could see going with like a Noah Fant, Cort- Cortland Sutton type place, but I don't love it. Uh, I think this is a spot you could take Williams it, and be okay with it. Um, Charger side, Eckler should be back here. Justin Jackson, big game last week in the passing game. Uh, it was fantastic for any of us, that, that including me, that played him. Um, I like Eckler. I like Allen. I like the Chargers and Herbert to get back on track here, even in a tough matchup against Denver, but at home. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, Palmer is probably still too cheap. So I'm like, well, I'm still out at 3.6K. Um, like, he should get a decent amount of carries or not carries targets. Uh, Keenan Allen had a rough week last week. Not really expecting that again going up against Denver. Eckler, assuming he's back, is probably my favorite play of the bunch. Like, Eckler should end up crushing here if he ends up missing for some reason, which doesn't look like he's going to obviously load up on Jackson. Um, 
but Herbert is definitely a pretty solid player. I mean, this guy has had a pretty solid ceiling all season long. It's a divisional game. It could actually be decently high scoring, even without Mike Williams in there. Still got a solid overall supporting cast. But if I'm ranking them, it's it's, it's pretty much Eckler, then Palmer, then Allen, then Herbert. All right, rolling on here. We got Carolina at New Orleans, 37 and a half total here. New Orleans is a six and a half point favorite uh, for this one. I mean, Darnold and Newton should both play, but Darnold's starting. Um, I just this met this a mess. Um, garbage game, garbage, garbage game. game. Like this game, like is just garbage. Is there anything on the Carolina side that you like here? There's nothing in this entire game outside of Taysom Hill if he's playing. Like, there's nothing. Like, I get that DJ Moore had a pretty solid outing a lot of the times with Darnold in there. Like, I get that could end up happening. Like, I don't hate him at 5.6K, but, like, that's just strictly based on volume. It's a really tough match of going up against the Saints. So, even with the volume, like, he's probably not going to do too great here. Robbie Anderson, no, like. I'm, I I don't I don't want anything and on the New Orleans side like it's it's pretty much just Taysom that that that's really it this is not an easy matchup for either team it's got to be the lowest total on the entire slate this is a garbage game that I want really no part of yeah I mean I I like the price Robbie Anderson and the I think there is some ceiling there especially with Darnold at quarterback. And then on the New Orleans side, I mean, I like the New Orleans defense. And I could definitely see playing Hill. I could definitely see playing Kamara if Hill is back because Taysom Hill is expected to start in this game. But, I mean, this game is trash. There's a reason this game has a 37.5 point total. Yep. Yep. Just playing anything, it's Hill and hoping for two rushing touchdowns. That's pretty much it. Don't even pair him with anyone. Detroit at Seattle, 42 and a half total here. Uh, Seattle, seven point favorite. DK Metcalf banged up. He is dealing with a foot injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday. We'll see if he practiced Thursday. Um, Jared Goff is day to day and could potentially miss the game, they said uh, yesterday. So, with all that said, we'll start here with the Detroit side of things. Um, anything that you're looking at here for Detroit? Uh, Swift a little bit, but Amon Ross St. Brown has just been on an absolute tear recently. Not really getting a price uptick. Had 20-plus points in three of the last four games. Had 11-plus targets in each of the last four games. He's the main guy in that offense. If Swift comes back, that could end up hurting him a little bit. But, like, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be very overlooked on this slate. and has a ton of upside. Seattle seems to play in close games. Their defense has been better over the last six, eight weeks, whatever it is. But Amon Ross St. Brown, I really, really, really like on the slate. And Swift is a fine play just because of his role in the offense. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it matters whether or not um, Goff or Boyle starts. Boyle threw the ball 34 times last week, and Brown was by far his favorite target. Um, I think this offense moves the ball a little bit more if Swift is back. Um, if uh, I say if he's back, he's back. Um, he practiced fully yesterday. He should be back for this game. I really like him at 6K. I, I think thought he was, he was back last week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. Um, he's not even on the injury report that came out Wednesday, though. So, or 
yeah, so I think he'll be back and good to go. Seattle side, I mean, if Metcalf doesn't play, do we fire up Tyler Lockett? Russell Wilson has not been Russell Wilson here recently. He actually has been. like He hasn't been full on Russ, but he hasn't been playing badly over the last couple of weeks. I mean, it was a snow game last week. He has multiple touchdowns and four straight. If Metcalf ends up sitting, then I think the Lockett's in play. I'm probably not playing Russell Wilson. Let me get that out there. Um, but I think that like Lockett is very much in play if Metcalf is out. If Metcalf in, ends up playing, then I think both of them are viable. They're not great plays, but Detroit's not a very good defense. Um, assuming Collins doesn't end up playing, I think Penny is solid. Like He's been doing very well recently. This guy's fairly talented running back with a good matchup at 6.1 K should be largely overlooked. Um, yeah. So if Metcalf ends up sitting, it's Lockett and Penny Metcalf is in playing. It's mostly just Penny. Yeah. If <laughs> just man, Seattle, a mess. Um, if Penny is in line to get a good amount of work here, he's 6,100. I don't mind that. If Metcalf sits, I really like Lockett. If Metcalf sits, I don't even hate maybe playing some Gerald Everett in this game. Um, Detroit is really bad against the pass. So we finish it out with Arizona at Dallas. 51 and a half total here. Dallas, a six point, six point favorite. Um, I mean, obviously the biggest thing here is James Conner. He's dealing with a knee injury. And Chase Edmonds is dealing with a little bit of a back injury. Arizona's locked in. They can advance a little bit as far as um, can they can can they win the division still or no? They can still win the division. They, so I mean, the Rams would have to lose what both last games, and then Arizona would have to win or something along those lines. But I mean, I don't see Arizona taking this game off by any means. Um, well, I mean, I, I think the big thing is um, the Rams play in the one o'clock game. Like, if they end up losing, I think Arizona has some more to play for. Um, who do they end up playing next week? I can't remember off the top of my head. The Seahawks. So, I mean, if the Rams end up winning, then I think it might be a little bit different of a scenario. Um, I don't know if they hold the tiebreaker with the Rams, but I think they might. So I guess, I guess they'll probably end up playing regardless because um, th- they've done fairly well in the division. So I, I, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head because I looked at this earlier. I think they're still in it regardless. Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys, they've clinched the NFC East. They're not really playing anything for, you know, unless they get best overall record. But yeah, they're um, playing for the first round by. Yeah. But I mean, the Packers are looking really good for that. Um, I mean, I think Arizona plays this game. I think this game becomes a lot more interesting if the Rams lose, if the Rams are winning. Um, I mean, that obviously really puts question marks on like Connor Edmonds and Ertz in my opinion. Uh, But let's start here with Arizona. I mean, just an overall thought process here on Arizona. Uh, What are your thoughts on them? I mean, if Connor ends up missing, I think Edmonds becomes a good play. I know that 
Kyler Murray hasn't been great in recent weeks, but this is going to be a high-scoring game. I mean, we know he's probably going to throw to A.J. Brown and Christian Kirk a decent amount. I think both of those guys are decent pairings. I know they haven't paid off a ton in recent weeks. Them and Ertz really haven't, but like Kyler just hasn't had a Kyler game in a little bit. I know it's like ever since he came back from injury, he's been mostly stagnant outside of a four touchdown game right when he came back, but like he can still put up a pretty huge game at any given time. I mean, the last four games, he's had 40 plus passing attempts. He's willing to throw the ball. Like he's probably willing to run the ball. This is an important game here. If the Rams end up losing and even if the Rams win, I still have to look into this, but I think that they're still in it. So I, I have, a little bit of interest in Kyler. I have a decent amount of interest in Chase Edmonds if Connor ends up sitting, and I have some interest in Kirk, Ertz, and Green in this spot. Yeah, I mean, I really want to see what kind of happens with, like, the injury news for this game. But overall, I mean, Kyler Murray is someone that can break a slate, and – He's going to be less than 5% owned. Uh, we have him at 6% on FanDuel and 4, 4% on, on DraftKings. Like, but we forget, like, this is a guy that multiple times this year has put up over 30 fantasy points. Yeah, he's missing Hopkins, but he still has enough weapons. Um, I, I mean, I really, really like this spot for Murray, uh, especially if the Rams lose. I, I think this is a huge spot for Arizona in Dallas. Um, and then on the Dallas side, man, I like Dallas, you know, they came out and they played football last week and, and like, as as crazy as that sounds. And as joking as that sounds like they did, they, they showed up against Washington last week and it was a big game for them. And they had a monster first half. And I mean, this is a spot that I like Cooper. I like lamb. Um, I like Dak. I don't love Zeke. I think that, you could play Zeke if you want to, but at 7,100, there's just so many plays in the 6K range that I think could outscore Zeke here. Yeah, I mean, I don't even hate Dalton Schultz. I mean, he's been pretty solid over the last few weeks. Like, he can end up with a pretty big game. He's going to be mostly overlooked on this slate, and he's a 5K tight end that people don't really throw in the same category as even Pitts, who should end up garnering like four times as much ownership. But I really like Lamb here. I'm like, Lamb, I think, has a ton of upside in this spot. Last week just didn't end up fully going his way because they just absolutely destroyed in the first half and didn't really need too much in the second half. But Lamb, Cooper, Schultz, I like all of them. I love Dak. Like, I think Dak goes for a massive game here. You can bring it back with Edmonds or bring it back with Kirk or Green. Like, this is this is is it the highest? Yeah, it's the highest total on the entire slate. It's 0.5 above the KC game. Um, like, the, what, what's not to love about here for Dallas? Like, even though they're not playing for a ton, they're still going to try at least this game because I think Green Bay plays – do they play Sunday night or Monday night? They play – they play Sunday night. Yeah. Regardless, they're not playing. Browns and Steelers play Monday night. It it like took me a second. I had to think. I knew the Steelers played Monday night. I couldn't remember who they're playing. Um, Yeah. Dak should smash here. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. Let's, let's play the morning grind game and then uh, we'll get out of here. We've got one more week. And then as far as the playoffs are concerned, 
to be determined. Um, if if the NFL or the NBA slate stays small on Thursdays, maybe we'll talk football and basketball on Thursdays. Uh, give me a quarterback over 300 yards this week. Going balls, I'm going to Mills. Wow. Yeah. All right. I hear you. I like to party. Uh, I am going to go Herbert against Denver. Tough spot, but don't care. Low owned running back for a touchdown. Going Javante Williams. I like that pulling up ownership really quick to kind of have an idea. Um, give me Austin Eckler. He's under 10% right now. Quarterback wide receiver is stacked for a touchdown. Uh, whoever is throwing to him in Amon Ross St. Brown. I like it. I'm going to go Tua to Waddle. Wide receiver for eight plus targets this week. Hunter Renfro. I was going to say Waddle, but I feel like I just said him, so I'm not going to like say it, but I do think he gets over eight targets in this game. Um, Give me, give me AJ Brown. Miami, Tennessee. Let's go. Tight end for a touchdown this week. Dalton Schultz. I like it. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say Kyle Pitts. I almost say Kyle Pitts. Give me Dallas Goddard. Um, and then a defense to score 10 or more points. Saints. All right. Um, give me the Giants at 2,800. They're not a good defense, but, I mean, they're a team that could get a sack and a touchdown. So, give me the, give like me the Giants. Uh, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No. End of end of basketball or football is upon us soon. So just enjoy these last two weeks before the playoffs and then really enjoy the playoffs. I feel like the season just started. Um, but I, I feel always like feel the that way with never ending. I feel like football is like one of those seasons that I feel like it just started because it's once a week, like main slate wise, where like basketball and baseball by the end of the season, it's just like, oh, <laughs> this is still yeah. going. <laughs> so um all right that's gonna wrap it up here for week 17 um rest in peace john madden cool to see that the teams are gonna do uh moments of silence that guy absolute legend for our generation um just absolutely changed the game so rest in peace um prayers and wishes out to your family week 17 in the books we'll be back week 18 next thursday good luck everyone we'll see you then yeah kids